Um, so I, I hope when people see me uh, as an Asian American leader, as a first generation immigrant, as a woman of color, uh, can thrive and flourish and lead uh, authentically. And when people see my team thriving and winning in the marketplace under my leadership, I think they might just feel I too can be a leader. That was Lucia Marr, Senior Vice President and Indiana Market Executive for Global Commercial Banking at Bank of America, discussing the importance of corporate and community leaders to be accountable for diverse representation at all levels of their organization. And this is IBJ's The Freedom Forum with Angela B. Freeman. So, Lucia, thank you so much for joining us on this 16th episode of the Freedom Forum. And congratulations on so many of your recent honors as one of the 250 most influential people and a 2022 woman of influence. I recognize that um, as a woman of influence of last year, I thought my class was pretty impressive, but your class is pretty amazing. So congratulations on that. So I want to start off um, by asking you a bit about yourself, your educational and professional background, and any other factors that you believe led you to becoming a corporate executive in the banking and financial industry. Thank you, um, Angela, and thank you for your kind words. Yes, my class is quite impressive. I am very impressed. (laughs) (laughs) So really honored to have the recognition and just impressed by my my classmates for this year's Women Influence. So yeah, happy to. Um, I grew up in China, and I got my undergrad degree there and I worked five years in in banking in the banking industry in China, before um, deciding to pursue a graduate degree in the U.S. Um, and I landed in University of Georgia for its MBA program. After graduation, I was hired into Bank of America as mm. a commercial underwriter. And I have been with uh, Bank of America for 18 years. I worked my way up the ranks in various roles and various markets. And I moved to um, lovely Indianapolis in April of 2019. So currently, I am the market executive for global commercial banking for for Bank of America in Indiana. And I lead Bank of America's efforts in accelerating our market share growth in Indiana, and specifically with companies with more than $15 million in annual revenue. Wow. Okay. So you you work with the big ballers. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, and thanks for that bit of background. So Lucia, as a Chinese immigrant, you came to the U.S. about the time I actually moved in to Indiana around 1999 to 2000. But I've already learned something new in that you just moved to Indianapolis fairly recently, around 2019, so right before the pandemic. So can you describe some of the challenges or the culture shock that you may have faced in making Indiana your new home? And how have you been able to utilize your involvement in nonprofits and even um, the art community to kind of help you get a sense of belonging to overcome any cultural shock or homesickness that you may have felt when you first moved here? Sure. Um, Well, I did have culture shock, but that's probably 20 some years ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I first moved from China to Athens, Georgia, where University of Georgia uh, is. Um, So when I uh, moved to Indiana, 
three years ago, uh, Indiana, Indianapolis definitely made it easy for me. Has been a welcoming place since I moved here. Uh, so Hoosier hospitality is definitely a thing. Uh, most people <laughs> I met since I moved to Indiana in 2019 have been very warm and welcoming and kind. Uh, and since I spent 20 years living in the Southeast before moving to the Midwest, so I experienced firsthand and also the the subtle differences between the Southern hospitality and Midwest hospitality. So both are warm and welcoming and wonderful, uh, just with the, the Southern style, a little bit more flamboyant uh, yeah. than our Midwestern style, more low key and down to earth. Um, so, so far I live, I enjoyed living in Indiana. I'm really proud um, of becoming a Hoosier. And my, I would say my involvement with indie nonprofits and the arts community have accelerated my connections with the broader communities and enhanced my sense of inclusion and belonging. Through those interactions, I formed new friendship. I really get energized around supporting worthy causes and deepening deepen bonds with my new community. And through those not-for-profits and art communities, they made the Indiana more tangible, more real, and certainly more human for me. Yeah, I understand that. It sounds like you've had a similar experience that I've had. I've, I've said many times that I believe Indianapolis is very unique in that a person like yourself and myself who kind of translocate to this community can truly integrate into the community and really find a place, you know, a place as many of my tech people would say, find their tribe, right? And and really integrate in a way that I don't know all communities are as welcoming and as easy as to kind of permeate. So I'm glad to hear that you had a similar experience as I've had. And so um, now that you've had the opportunity to call Indianapolis home for a few years, what do you believe as you've experienced, as you mentioned, the Southeast as compared to the Midwest, are there particular stereotypes or um, issues that you have faced, particularly as related to being an Asian American in our Indiana business community that A, may be different from what you experienced in the Southeast over the course of your career, and B, that are issues or opportunities for local and corporate city leaders to address and really help folks in our communities overcome any issues they may have particularly through their organization's diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and programs. Sure. Yeah. Happy to kind of share my thoughts on that. Um, So the Asian Americans community is one of the most marginalized communities in our country. Asian Americans are often viewed as forever foreigners, uh, no matter how many generations they might have been there. And they're viewed as not the real Americans. Um, so Asian American communities were often scapegoated and attacked whenever um, there were great distresses in the country. Um, this has happened to many times during the American history, including the internment of Japanese Americans during the Second World War and the recent uptick in anti-Asian hate crimes um, throughout the country during COVID. Right. So there are 
definitely something our leaders in the community can do to help the Asian American community. So the Indiana corporate and city leaders can help support the community really by a couple of things. One is by creating awareness for Asian American history in the country and to dispel the myth that um, they're the forever foreigners. Right. So many Asian Americans has been in this country for over 150 years. And also by creating space for Asian American voice in their organization's DEI initiatives. Um, for example, having courageous conversations about harmful stereotypes for all marginalized communities, including the Asian American community. And by celebrating and legitimize Asian American culture and heritage. And also really more imp most importantly, by leading with example of treating all communities uh, with dignity and respect and by being a courageous voice of support when the uh, Asian American community is being scapegoated, blamed, and attacked. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And thank you for shedding some light and, and some historical context on some of the challenges that, you know, Asian Americans have faced historically in this country and, and also, you know, even in our local communities. And so in our culture, particularly African-American and Asian culture, I, I appreciate that gender roles are also very kind of specific. And certainly while we are overcoming those challenges and those kind of, you know, um, normalized historical gender roles, they still carry weight in our community. So I want to ask you, I've asked you about, you know, some of the challenges of being Asian-American generally, but I also want to ask you specifically about any unique challenges faced by Asian, Asian-American women in society or in the business context, uh, particularly, again, in Indiana or across the country, whether that's private practice or corporations or government. And again, I'll ask, what can employers or organizational leaders do to address these issues and make sure that Asian-American women and other women of color feel included and respected and accepted in corporate business settings such that they are valued, particularly in leadership roles? So many people are culturally conditioned um, to associate Asian women as not having leadership skills or leadership aspirations. Mm -hmm. um, so as a result, uh, many Asian women are subtly or overtly sent a message that they are not fit to lead and their voices or ideas do not matter. Mm. Um, and this really is not just limited to uh, Asian women. As you mentioned, the gender role is a, is a real thing yeah. and um, has a long history, still have uh, quite a sway in our cultural norm. Yeah. So it's a challenge that faced by all women of color and really all women, no matter of color and race. Right. Um, so there is a role for the employers uh, to make it better, more inclusive for Asian women, for women of color, really for all women, is by address this issue head on, um, by understanding the historical context and acknowledging the prevailing, prevailing culture norm and prejudice and their effects on uh, women's advancement and equality. So the leaders can commit to uh, their DEI efforts to, by creating awareness and space for diverse voices to be heard 
and by taking concrete steps to support diverse talent. And I also have found a commitment from the highest level of the leadership over a long period of time, help create a more sustainable, inclusive culture. And on the personal side, I would say I encourage diverse leaders um, like myself um, to be visible and accessible so we can be a role model. I always believe seeing is seeing is believing and um, every bit helps and really takes a village. Yeah, absolutely. The Freedom Forum would like to send recognition and appreciation out to our Native American and indigenous communities of the United States during this 2022 Indigenous Peoples Month. Now, let's take a quick break. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with the Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand podcast. Available now at InsideIndianaBusiness.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned previously, and I want to circle back to it because I don't want to overlook this, that, you know, we have all recognized and witnessed on a global scale the division and the violence that has occurred in our country with the social unrest stemming from George Floyd's murder and then just other, you know, societal issues that have been recognized, such as the the increase in random violence in our towns and cities against Asian Americans and members of our AAPI community as related to COVID. I, I would like you to describe for our audience the impact that some of these national trends have had on you and others in our local Indianapolis community and our local AAPI community, as well as, again, what can business leaders do here in Indiana to make sure that all of our fellow Hoosiers, regardless of, to your point, no matter the race or gender or ethnicity or color, feel valued and safe in our community? What what can our leaders do to set an example and make sure that all people, uh, particularly our AAPI brothers and sisters, feel safe in our community? Yeah, thank you for you know asking that and bring that to light. Um, yes, the the recent national trend of violence against uh, AAPI citizens certainly has an impact on me and my family and many members of our community. So sometimes I found myself wondering uh, if my children and I were physically safe when random people walked towards us on the street. Um, So that peace of mind certainly is endangered by some of that recent trends. And sometimes I found myself wondering, wondering how total strangers would feel about us, right? Not because something we have done, but just because how we look. So this has uh, enabled me to really give me a renewed awareness and empathy towards all persecuted minorities, really throughout the history and throughout the world. And it renewed my determination to be a force for good Mm -hmm. and to do my best to lift all people. Um, I certainly have heard a lot of fear and concerns in the community and very much grateful for community leaders who are courageous, who speak out, uh, who spoke out uh, to show solidarity and support in times of need. Um, So business leaders can support diverse communities by speaking out and demonstrating unequivocal, unequivocal support 
for all communities, really for everyone's right to live a life of dignity and respect without prejudice, discrimination, and harassment. Yes, absolutely. And and obviously, w- ways that our community leaders can do that is to continue to make sure that so many diverse cultures are represented, right, in their leadership ranks, in their workforce and employment ranks, et cetera. And so as you have ascended, clearly ascended the ranks to executive levels, and I'm sure have a platform that, you know, most of us don't necessarily have, how have you been able to personally navigate your own authenticity in the corporate workplace and in the leadership ranks in a way that provides you and your peers, your colleagues and employees an opportunity to have that same free freedom and feel valued for their diversity within your organization. And even more so, how have you used your influence and experiences that you've described here to elevate diversity and equity inclusion practices at your company and in the community? Um, yes. Yeah, so the way I think about it, um, I, I take a three-pronged approach. Um, so first, I start with myself by bringing my full whole self to work, um, by being my authentic self, I give other people permission to bring their whole selves to work as well. Um, I treat uh, everyone with dignity and respect because I believe every human being deserves that. And I empower everyone's success by providing the support and guidance uh, to succeed and also in the meantime, hold everyone accountable for results. So the second prong is I do my best to create a culture of care, gross mindset, high standards, and psychological safety uh, in my organization. So everyone uh, feel, when everyone feels safe to speak out with ideas and constructive feedback uh, without the fear of being judged or somehow negative impacted in any way, that is when teammates can truly bring uh, their best, truly doing their best work and be their most creative self. And then the leader can have all the best ideas on the table. So that's really the culture uh, aspect of how do you uh, elevate the DEI practice. And the third prong is, like I mentioned before, I believe in the power of role model. So by being visible and accessible as a leader with diverse background like me, uh, and from an underrepresented group, um, so I hope to inspire more diverse talent and people from all groups to pursue their leadership aspirations and to reach their full potential. Yeah, thank you so much for that. That's very inspiring, and I, I appreciate you drilling down on those three prongs for us because I think that's very important. And as you've, again, uh, been successful in your career, describe some of the characteristics or the skills that you believe you have contributed or have gained as a diverse businesswoman and that has enabled you to thrive in, you know, really tough male-dominated fields like the banking industry, not only here in Indianapolis, but down, you know, in the South as well. And what impact do you hope to have on the landscape of business and banking here? So there's, you you ask about 
the skills that would contribute to diverse people like me to be successful in the banking industry. Um, first of all, some good news. Um, banking industry, even though still male dominated, but not not so not as much so yeah. <laughs> in the coming years. So do not lose heart. Um, progress is happening. And second, in terms of skills, I mean, I really believe the fundamental skills to succeed are the same for for leaders from all backgrounds. Uh, first, you know, I think a growth mindset, uh, intellectual intellectual curiosity. And a commitment to continuous improvement are more important than ever in our fast changing economy. Sure. So I really take pride in myself uh, being a ferocious learner who always look for ways to learn more and to improve. Yep. And second is just being an authentic leader that would engender care and trust among the team uh, is essential, right? The ability to build a team and a culture that values and lifts everyone and enable everyone to do their best work and feel safe to speak up with ideas and feedback is crucial to a team success and a, to a leader's success. So when a leader is able to build a culture that empowers and, and at the same time hold everyone accountable to do their work, do their best work, that organization will thrive. But what might be different for a diverse leader is really the acute need to be a role model. Um, I know I mentioned this a couple of times today, but I just think it's so important to be visible and to be seen um, because especially for people, uh, young people from underrepresented groups, uh, seeing is still believing. Um, right. So I, I hope when people see me uh, as an Asian American leader, as a first generation immigrant, as a woman of color, uh, can thrive and flourish and lead uh, authentically. And when people see my team thriving and winning in the marketplace under my leadership, I think they might just feel I too can be a leader. Sure. So that truly is the impact I hope to have on the landscape of business here. And I hope one day that people would not think it is of any particular interest <laughs> to, right. to have someone look like me, talk like me, or have a background like me to be a banking executive. So until then, I hope to continue growing, leading, and inspiring. Yes. Well, you, you've you been very inspirational to me today, and I'm sure many others. And as one of the few diverse women who do sit in the upper echelons of organizational leadership at any bank, I would assume, what is the best advice you would offer a young woman, a young diverse woman starting in the industry, particularly here in Indiana, hoping to move up the corporate ladder in their specific uh, industry of interest, whether that banking or something else. And let's also talk about how critical is mentorship and sponsorship and championship and fellowship with other women for the advancement of women in particularly challenging industries. Sure. I would say the best advice I would offer is to is not holding yourself back. Um, yes, you will encounter unique barriers because as a diverse woman, you belong to an underrepresented group. Um, so there will be there will be unique barriers for you, but you can overcome and you should not let that hold you back. Instead, uh, let that be your motivation to Absolutely. work harder and smarter. 
And also know your success will blaze trails for others like you. Um, and the world will be a better place when more people from underrepresented groups like you have a chance to succeed. So you, your success will have an impact and you should be proud of that. In terms of mentoring, mentorship, uh, in, um, absolutely. So finding your tribe, uh, as we mentioned earlier, yeah. Uh, finding your tribe, finding people who want to see you succeed. Uh, may that be mentors, sponsors, supporters, or friends are really critical. And, and just also know that many people in this world would want to see you succeed. I want to see you succeed. Um, so make sure you reach out and connect with them. It really is getting with all the social media, uh, with all the groundswell of organizations supporting women, uh, women. it's yep. easier than before. And it does take a village to help you grow and develop into the best version of yourself. So always seek out people, men and women to learn from and to form relationships to help you advance. It's crucial for women who are ahead on their career journey like me to look back and to pull up women behind them. I have personally been very fortunate to have so many mentors and women and men who took an interest in my career and in my development, and they helped me and inspired me, and I would not have been where I am today without them. So I am committed to pay it forward by doing the same for the next generation. And I know, because I know many of those uh, women, that they are also committed to help and support and pull up the next generation. So just ask, you shall receive. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We say quite often lift as we climb, right? As we're climbing, we're continuing to lift up others and bring them along. And a lot of that is due to just the reverence for all the people who invested in us, mentored us, and, and continue to ensure that we had an opportunity to be successful. I think that's the least we can do is pay it forward to the next generation. And so with that, I would ask you to close us out with a few tools or tips or resources that you would suggest to any Indiana leader who's really serious about recruiting, hiring, retaining, or advancing a diverse talent within their ranks, and then like Likewise, if you have any additional comments for the diverse women, the young early professionals who are looking to get started and, you know, ascend to some of the ranks that you've had the opportunity to occupy. Yeah, sure. Um, so really three things came to mind. Uh, first, just walk the walk. Um, if you're a leader, if recruiting hiring and retaining of diverse talent is valued, it's important to you and to your organization, then make it part of your business metrics right. and hold yourself and your team accountable for delivering on that metrics. Absolutely. So that's number one, make it part of a business as usual, um, make, part of a, make it part of your business. Second, I would say, again, I go back to culture, uh, create a culture that diverse talent within your ranks and truly feel seen, heard and valued and safe to speak up with what they need and want. Uh, make sure that they truly can con contribute and be part of your, your team. Uh, so that's when they stay and grow and flourish within your organization and your organization will be better for it. 
And last but not least is just be a learner and be open-minded of all the historical context and pervasive cultural norms and prejudice that diverse talent face. And some people, people are not in those group may not experience uh, or may not feel or sense firsthand. So that's why it's so important just to be a learner and be open-minded and to be open to other people's perspective experiences and because many of them have to overcome those every day in order to succeed. Um, So commit to intentional and sustained efforts to learn and to um, explore different perspectives and then to support diverse talents in your organization. Thank you. That mm-hmm. That's really, really helpful. And, you know, again, coming from us as I have these conversations, it seems so easy, right? Like, why is it so hard? This seems pretty straightforward. But we, we know that Indiana continues to face challenges in this area, and we appreciate leaders like you who are willing to provide some insights as to what can we do better, what programs and initiatives can be implemented, and more just personally, how can we approach diversity, equity, and inclusion such that we do continue to build the pipeline of talent in Indiana. So with that, Lucia, I thank you so much for visiting us and joining us today on this 16th episode of the Freedom Forum. We hope everyone has gleaned a lot of information here and are inspired to continue with their diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives here in Indianapolis and at their various community organizations and corporate organizations. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you again to Lucia Marr, and thanks to you for joining us on this 16th episode of IBJ's The Freedom Forum with Angela B. Freeman. Please come back next month for another conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the Central Indiana business community. 